friend. Talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Mamma mia. Yeah. Mamma mia. The Jets get to center. Wheeler. Shifley was knocked down. Wheeler's now with him as Shifley carries the puck in and lost it to Braden McNabb. And now there's a race. Marcia so scores! That was like the fly pass overhead, and it's 1 0 Vegas. Thursday, March 28th, I am Brutes Battaglia of Puck77.com. And uh, I am James Cole of Puck77.com. We are recording from James's basement today, as I have some, uh, some, some hazards at the house at the moment, so there's some work being done, and uh, we're, we're in a new location for, for today, so it's a little different. It's going to throw us off. Back to our roots, maybe. really. About, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopefully this one sounds better than the first one we did. That's fair. Yeah. A lot of room down here. Yeah, we got a guest on the podcast this week. Uh, James's dog, uh, Brutus, is down here. Yeah, Brutus, uh, big fan of the podcast, first time, long time. Um, he uh, he doesn't really have a whole lot of hockey knowledge. He's a big Hamilton Bulldogs kind of guy, but, uh, you know, beyond that, um, he's just kind of here for the love of the sport. So. Yep, yeah, uh, you're going to hear him licking his paws probably bark at us at some point yeah a, a paw lick means he's in agreeance a bark means that he is strongly uh against what what it is we're, we're speaking about at the time so uh take that for what it's worth is he sleeping already it's, it's been a, a heavy, minute heavy breather jesus christ i'm uh, i'm really curious to see how much background noise of this dog is gets picked up by the microphones here because oh god that's that's no good um speaking of no good the edmonton oilers this week are in the news it's been one of those years, hasn't it? Um, this week, I'm sure you've heard by now, uh, CEO? Is he the CEO? Yeah, I think so. The CEO of the Edmonton Oilers, former president of Hockey Canada, Bob Nicholson, was at a season ticket holders event this week in which he said uh, that Tobias Reeder was not a good signing, that they will not re-sign him, and that if he had 10 to 12 goals this year instead of the zero that he's currently at, that the Edmonton Oilers would be in the playoffs. So, shouldn't my first question is, shouldn't the season ticket holders be thanking Tobias Reeder for not helping this garbage fucking hockey team scrape into the playoffs? Like, shouldn't people be happy about that then? This like why do you want to make the playoffs if you're Edmonton right now? They're terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think like what are you gonna what are you gonna get out of a twelfth? Oh yeah, this is pick? this is laced up hockey podcast too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, what what are you gonna get out of twelfth round pick at this point? Like, twelfth sorry, twelfth overall. I mean, probably more than you're going to get out of this playoff run. Like, I I do believe we've talked about it before. Like, I do believe that there is something to be said for playoff revenue and like a good playoff run. This team's gonna get bounced right away. 
Like, I very rarely write teams off going to the playoffs. This is one of them, though. They would get fucking bounced right away. I think so, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't stand a chance, man. Like, I think the Jets are going to slap the Dallas Stars out in four or five games. The Dallas Stars are way better than the Edmonton Oilers. You know? The Jets are much better team than the Calgary Flames, though, too, right? And I, I are like they? The Edmonton, yeah, I think the Edmonton okay. Oilers have, like, at least... You know, a chance against the Flames, if if only for that Alberta rivalry sense, right? I mean, they stand a chance in the sense that, like, it might get kind of carried away and fucking... I don't even know who's on the Oilers. Like, Brandon Manning accidentally trips Goudreau head first into the boards and then, like, that... You know what I mean? And then, then the Flames win in six instead of four. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I, I think the best thing, honestly, for the Oilers is not to, and I hate to say it, to not embarrass themselves and to not make the playoffs because like that is the way that I honestly think this season could get worse. But uh, but even if it is true, like even if 10 to 12 goals from Tobias Reeder would have like helped them make the playoffs, like that's what I'm saying. That's what would have happened. Okay. They, they wouldn't have made the playoffs if we got 10 or 12 goals. Probably though. Do you, not. Do you, like Probably like not. like what are you talking about? Yeah. I saw a tweet this week talking about how like how bad Edmonton's depth is because like all these guys posted career highs and there's like six guys on the team, but like one of those guys was like Darnell Nurse. He's yeah. got like thirty points or right. something like that. You know what I mean? Like Alex Chason has twenty two goals or something. This isn't like a benchmark fucking season for these guys. Like Drysaddle career high, McDavid career high, impressive years. Nugent Hopkins decent year. Yeah, but like. It's not like we're talking, like, fucking... And they also have Nikita Kucherov, who got a career high in 140 points. And, like, oh, yeah, by the way, Ryan Spooner got 120 points this year. Like, that didn't happen. None of these... Like, it, it, these aren't things to be proud of. There's nothing to be proud of in this season other than fucking 97 and 29. Yeah, and, and I guess, like, at the end of the day, like, you take the victories you can get, I, I guess, at this point. Because it's <laughs> it's kind of like, what what are you playing for, really? Oh, and, man. Like they interviewed McDavid the other day about a new career high in points, and you could tell he didn't give two shits. No, he doesn't that, care. So he wants to, he wants to play off hockey. I just don't. I like. I and I get that, but like, what else is he playing for at this point? Like, he can't tell me Connor McDavid's going out there and expecting to make the playoffs, and he's not going out there expecting to get the first overall pick either. So he may as well go out there and try he, to establish a new. He he's doing what a lot of guys are doing, and like. I guess this is a way to work it in because I didn't add it to the breakdown for this week, but I wouldn't mind mentioning this. Is I don't know if you saw Jack Eichel's comments uh, after their game last night, but he was uh, there was a video that surfaced of him today talking to the media. And you know what? Honestly, I'm not a big Jack Eichel guy, but I love the way he kind of owned the Buffalo Sabres season. And like he uh, he talked about how you know the guys in the room, like if you don't have anything to play for, you got to find something to play for, and if it's not personal pride, like you got to find some sort of a motivation right now to try and win games. I think there's something to be said for these guys, like Jack Eichel, who's probably going to be on the Buffalo Sabres again next year. Connor McDavid, who's probably going to be on the Edmonton Oilers again next year. Fuck, that dog is relentless. Um, you know, like, there, <laughs> there's something to be said there for these guys. Like, you're trying to build chemistry, you're trying to build off of whatever little positives you did have this year, and get ready for next year and trying to compete next year. And I think that's where the Oilers should be at. I think that's where McDavid's probably at, Drysaddle, because like these guys know they're going to be there, hopefully, next year. I mean, hopefully or not, hopefully. I like I don't know how you want to frame that. Yeah, I mean, like I, uh, it's <laughs> it's like it's like recording with a bear. 
Smokey the Bear here to remind you that only you can prevent forest fires. Not unlike Will Ferrell and Semi Pro, we brought in a bear to get viewership <laughs> up this week. Bruce is gonna wrestle a bear at the. Oh uh, uh, no, I'm not. Twenty minute mark. I'm not fucking going near that dog. I'll wrestle a real bear before I wrestle this dog. But yeah, going back to it, like I think it's a, it's a matter of finding a motivation. It's a matter of finding something to play for, and I think the Oilers have a lot to be gained by trying to win right now just because A, you want a job next year and B, you want to try to be a good hockey team next year. And for the guys that are going to be in Edmonton, they want to be a little bit more prepared than they would be if they just kind of took the summer off after a bad year and came in in training camp and tried to put it all together again next year. Like, try to build a, a solid line, try to build a foundation. And, like, I'm not going to lie, there are guys on the team right now that are probably fighting to stay in the National Hockey League and trying to get a job next year. And, you know, Tobias Reeder is one of them. It's, it's tough to build, like, chemistry or a line or a system when you don't have a head coach, though, too, right? Like, that's, that's well, a big problem here. See, and that is the problem. And, like, I don't know if you saw the comments, too. Maybe it was last week or this week. I'm a little more... Uh, a little more checked in this week than I was last week. But uh, the comments about Ken Hitchcock saying that he'll coach till he's 99 if he's, like, medically able to. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't this guy just retire six months ago? Yeah. Like, well, what is he talking about? What do you mean until you're 99? I thought you hated it. Apparently he was going to walk out a month ago. And not only that, like, how does Edmonton bring him back after this? I know! It's... You can't! Yeah. I don't care if it's Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. You can't bring this fucking guy back. What did he do for you? You let him ride into the sunset and find another job elsewhere oh, if he really wants God. it. God, fuck, he's, like, you know how there's the goodbye tour? Yeah. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, David Ortiz would get the ovation in, like, every city he played in his last year. Derek Jeter would get the ovation in every city. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was this was the worst <laughs> idea to leave this top down here. <laughs> Holy fuck. He's never done this before. Oh, my God. This, like... Like, th- he's not a good dog. Like, I-, I really need to preface this here, and, and while James cleans up uh, a bunch of boxes in the corner of the room. He's not a good dog. I wouldn't say he's, like, a terribly behaved dog, though. Like, he's not he's not the worst, but, like, he is being a, a little shit right now. He has done nothing but sleep all day the last oh, two good. days. So he's he's ramped up. See, it's your fault, potentially, for taking a nap before I got here. You should have been playing with him and tiring him out, I don't and want now, to play with him. now, now he's excited because I'm here. Yeah, also, people. also, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' career high in points is this year, and it's 64. Like, good for Nuge, but like, is 64 a thing to be like really excited about for your third highest point getter when scoring's up so much? Yeah, probably not. No, I don't think so. So uh, anyway, regardless, like before, we haven't even really got to the meat of it. Um... I thought those comments were absolutely indefensible. And right or wrong, I think there was maybe a, a better way to approach Tobias Reader's situation this year. It's not like Tobias Reader's not trying. He's trying. He just can't score. And I don't know if the Oilers and like Bob Nicholson have noticed this. It's not like he plays with Connor McDavid every fucking night. He had his opportunity to play with him. He didn't score. But that doesn't mean everyone can score beside Connor McDavid either. Like, I don't know, like, you know. I don't know if everyone could. Zach Cassian's struggling to do so, and no one's talking about that. He's got more than Reader does. He does got more than but, Reader. And I, I don't like, that's, I, I thought it was right in the nose 
with... Uh, this is why we record at my house. Yeah. <laughs> a night prowler. Um, I don't know. Like, if the guy's not doing his job, I think his boss is able to call him out for it. Like, I didn't have a problem with what Nicholson said. Like, Tobias Reader's having an awful season, and Tobias Reader should hear about it. And we all know it. Nicholson knows it. I hope Reader knows it. So who are we hiding this from? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, are you telling me that Miko Koskinen has been more helpful than Reader? He might have more goals. Koskinen does? He might. Who's to say? Yeah, exactly. But, like, I, I, I don't really know. Like, I, I think the management has made a lot of mistakes here, and I don't really think that they can blame Tobias Reader. I mean... They brought in Reader, but they expected more out of him, right? Like, it's, you know, it's not to say that Reader having a bad season is their fault, but the team having a bad season is their fault. And they didn't surround, like, I don't know what they thought they were getting out of Reader. And if 10 to 12 goals is what you thought you were getting, like, you can't be upset when you don't get within 10 goals, I think. I, I think it's it's easy to look at this and, and say, like, look at what the Leafs got out of Tyler Ennis for mm-hmm. league minimum. And the Edmonton well, they're a better organization, had, James. They are, but the Edmontoners could have had Tarennis. <laughs> True. For what they're paying to be as Tobias Reader. And I would be hard-pressed to think that Tarennis would have zero goals on the Edmontoners this year. Imagine season. the alternate universe where the Leafs signed Tobias Reader and not Tyler Ennis. That'd be wild. I'm, uh, I'm not down. I don't love that timeline. The Capitals went to the White House this Monday. Yes. And some of the players didn't go. And it's been kind of an interesting sort of narrative over the years. Would you go and would you not go? And it never really seemed to be much of an issue before, short of like Tim Thomas not going because he just didn't believe in it. But like, it's becoming a bigger thing now. I'm not saying I I think it's right or wrong to go. I'm curious if you, I mean, we don't need to get into a big political debate here, but like, are you a Trump guy? No. Would you go to the White House if you were invited? I'd go for one reason. To tell him I'm not a Trump guy to his face. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be about it. See, like, here's the thing, too, is, like, I completely love these guys not going. Like, I love it. I think it's great if you if you believe in that. Like, I, I hate the guy as much as the next guy. And I probably would go, A, for either your reason, or B, like, I literally just don't care because i don't vote in that election and i think like that might be something that people overlook is like a lot of these guys don't even have a horse in the race so like to not go and and then also not vote like it's just like i I don't know i think it's a stupid tradition though like i i just i've never really understood it i don't really get the allure of it like if if i played for the winnipeg jets and we won the stanley cup and like we went to the parliament building like i wouldn't give a shit like who cares these people are just humans like i don't need to meet these yeah, people it's i don't just need one of those experience. honors i guess like is it an honor well that's what they classify it as right it's, i guess you've, you've done something worth oh winning the stanley cup's an honor for sure yeah the outhouse we're gonna the outhouse isn't really an honor yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I agree with their decisions not to go, and, and it, it doesn't bother me. Really. Like, at the end of the day, you're right. It is kind of a stupid thing that we make a big deal about. Smith Pelly didn't go. Connolly didn't go. Well, Connolly isn't there anymore. Holtby right? didn't go. Connolly's still there. Is he? Yeah. 
Smith Pelly's been... Smith Pelly's in the minors, but they all still play for the Washington Capitals. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Well, Smith Pelly aside, but he's in the organization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, at the end of the day, three Canadian guys. True. You know how many Americans on the team? Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying, like the three guys that didn't go are Canadian, right? Uh, how many or, Americans or on the team? Good question. Is pick American? Oh yeah, yeah he is. Herb Brooks. Washington Capitals roster. Well, let's let's yeah, let's see how many Americans. Ovechkin is from Russia. Yes. With love, Backstrom's from Sweden with love. Kuznetsov, Russia. John Carlson's American, so there's one. Oshi, two. Uh, Verana, not. Connolly, not. Wilson, not. Eller, not. Orlov, not. Kempney, not. Burakovsky, not. Niskanen, so there's three. Travis Boyd is four. Nick Dowd is five. Uh, Brooks Orpik is six. He's from San Francisco. Huh. Must be nice. Um, Jensen is seven. I never knew Nick Jensen was American. And Phoenix Copley, that's eight. So eight Americans. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure some of them voted for Trump. See, now, Copley definitely was honored to go because he's from the North Pole and has never been anywhere exciting in his life. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, like, you're the Washington Capitals. Like, if you get invited to the White House, you're probably going to go if if you don't have, like, a major stance against it. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's probably a lot easier to avoid them if you live in Anaheim than if it's in your backyard. Yeah. Like, I'd be, yeah. (laughs) I got a thing that weekend. I can't go. We got a game that night. Oh, shit. (laughs) I got a thing at the hotel. Like, I I don't know. I just, like, I feel like I wouldn't go or I would go, and the reason being for either decision is that I just, I don't care. Like, I just really think it's kind of like a, a overblown sort of weird tradition that we're still doing. Yeah, I know you're right. I, I, I don't like whatever they want to go, they go. They don't, they don't. But I, I don't see the point. Why, why is this news in, in today's world? That that's kind of where I'm at at sure. this point. So sure, Putin, Putin's not inviting Ovechkin to the Kremlin for tea when he won the cup. So the Kremlin. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I don't know. You go if you want to go. If you don't want to go, you don't have to go. But you know who's going to the Sweet Sixteen? Is the Oregon Ducks, my friend. Quack, quack. The 12th seed Oregon Ducks, baby. You've been watching March Madness. I've been watching March Madness. Uh, first off, how's your bracket doing? Not great. No? No. I want to see. I think you're behind me, and I'm not doing amazing either. Yeah. I have lost two of my Final Four teams. Oh, God. Who, who, who's who gone? Uh, Kansas and oh God. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Wow. So, and who, who do you still have alive? In the Final Four? Yeah. Uh, I got Gonzaga and Houston, who I have in the finals. Final Two. Okay, so. well, that, that's okay. And that's like that's still not bad. I got a lot of faith in Gonzaga still. Yeah. I still think that there's something there. I'm not I don't, I'm not really with you on Houston, but um, I, th- I think there's still something there. I'm uh, So you're currently sitting, we're in, a, we're in a group with nine people now. It's worth noting of those nine, uh, two did not finalize their brackets. So it's really seven people, and you're yeah. seventh out of seven, I guess, yeah, in that sense. Uh, I'm fourth out of seven. I have four, 34 correct picks. Uh, I've lost one of my final four teams, though. I took. I went out on a limb. I said that the team that was going to beat Duke was Mississippi State. Uh, they couldn't even uh, beat Liberty. Sorry. You know what? I, I have made a mistake. Hmm. I uh, <clears throat> I only had half of my page here showing. 
Hmm. I have all four of my Final Four teams alive. So. Oh, okay. Well, it must be nice. Yeah. My, my mistake. Fuck me, right? I, I have lost three of my Final Eight is, is how I should have phrased okay. that. Okay. <clears throat> uh, my Final Eight. How many? Well, I've only lost one. <laughs> yeah. I, I have uh, Virginia and Michigan State uh, with Gonzaga and Houston in my Final Four. Okay. So. Yeah. And I got Gonzaga... Gonzaga beating Mississippi State, so I mean, we know that'll happen. And yeah. then I had Tennessee beating Kentucky, which I don't know if I agree with anymore, because hmm. Kentucky's looked pretty good. They have, yeah. yeah. Have you? Uh, so how much have you watched? Have you watched a bunch? Or, um, or I watched. Or? I watched a lot on uh, Thursday, Friday. Not so much on Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. but uh, enough. I'd say like more more than I did last year at this point. So. Favorite game so far? Have you had one? Favorite game, uh, you know what? Probably that UCF Duke game. That was uh, yeah. That was well, I, wild. I didn't get to see that, but uh, it, it it did seem pretty wild. I honestly thought UCF was going to pull that off. Yeah. How and like for those of you who not who didn't watch the tournament, uh, like th- this is just like the type of stuff that you get involved with is you get to hear some of these players' stories. Taco Fall is one of the most fascinating players in sports. Yeah, you're not wrong. Seven foot six center for UCF. He has to put two beds together to sleep at night. Wears size 22 shoes. He was on his knees beside a player. And the player was like the same height as him on his knees. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Auburn and uh, uh, New Mexico State was another really... Really good game. I didn't get to see that one either. Uh, yeah, I, I had uh, New Mexico State winning, and they lost by a point. So, really came down to the the final thirty seconds on that one. Mm-hmm. Always exciting when you have games like that. Villanova's out, so I'm sad. That's fair. I'm sad. Yeah. Uh, they got destroyed by Purdue by twenty six <laughs> points. So that was good times. I uh, I was you know I, so I made a few bets on this tournament. I got to say few of these games lay some money down you know some some cold hard scratch trying to win like Aaron Pecha he sounds more like Shrek than Shrek does um like that's what you imagine you would hear yeah that's what I think every morning yeah um I lost my train of thought I I don't even know oh uh, oh yeah so I was gonna bet money uh, when Villanova was losing to Purdue, because uh, they were down by like 33 points, and if I bet three dollars on Villanova winning the game, I would have won 450 if they had won. All right then. But I didn't do it, and I guess like whatever, I saved my three dollars. But I was like, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I had Villanova go into my final eight. Um, I was pretty upset. It's the first year I've ever done a bracket and didn't take Villanova to win. Wow. Which is why I've won two out of the last three years because. They have also won two of the last three years. Hmm. But it's not in the cards. C'est la vie. C'est la vie. The Tennessee Volunteers are my new team, I guess. Is that, is that what they are? Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, I got it right. Nice. You know what else is nice, James? I have a feeling. Some sunshine and good times. And what better way to spend your sunshine and good time? Uh, good times, you know... Then Airedale fly in fishing and hunting. In the summertime when the living is easy, you know? When the summertime when the weather is fine. In the, yeah, in the summertime when the weather is fine. Um, what better thing to do 
then to do some fishing and and flying into to a nice uh, resort. Uh, yeah, the Leafs are losing. Uh, flying into a nice, you know, controlled environment in the beautiful metropolis of Wawa, Ontario. The deer will literally walk up so that you can shoot them outside your uh, lot. Doesn't seem fair. Um, Airedale has provided a unique wilderness experience since 1945. They have 18 remote fly-in outpost camps that are all unique. And the fly-in experience helps keep the lake pristine and the fishing extraordinary. For fishing, the area is host to brook trout, lake trout, northern pike, perch, and walleye. Or as it's known to you Canadian folk, James... Pickerel. It's Pickerel. Airedale is open from May 15th to October 31st, so the time is coming up to get out to Airedale and do some fishing. It, it You know, you want to plan it out, you want to make sure everything's done right, and, you know, maybe even bring your dog or some bears with you, like, like we'll probably have to do, right, Brutus? It may be wise to begin looking into planning your trip because of that. It's a perfect opportunity for a weekend away with friends or family to experience the wilderness like never before. Visit www.outpostcamps.com for more information and begin planning your trip to Airedale today. We uh, we have yet to plan our trip to Airedale. Yeah, um, yeah, and we probably should get on it because that summertime is filling up. Uh, we may, you know, we may... Oh, my God. The worst. Come on. The worst. Come on, let's go. Come on. Why don't you go upstairs, get your kibbles and bits. Hey, go get some kibbles and bits. Go on. Go see Uncle Jimmy. Where 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 we? Did we get through the ad? The um oh yeah, we we had to uh, remove the bear from the room, so we had uh, a little bit of a break there. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna resume now. And uh, while your dog was having a meltdown, it reminded me of another meltdown this week, which was uh, of course none other than Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick. Gino, Gino's back in the news, baby. It'd be nice to just go. Like a whole month without talking about the worst oh, team in man. the NHL. Yeah. But there's so many off-ice issues that we just can't escape. Speaking of off-ice issues, the Bears back. <laughs> um, listen, like, the Senators have been in the middle of, like, probably the worst actual season off the ice since, like, John Spano bought the fucking New York Islanders on 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 word of mouth in the 90s. I got $30 in my pocket oh, here. I'm a, I'm a big business owner. I'll buy the team for $160 million. Here's a down payment of $10,000. Well, that should be a red flag. Yeah. Shouldn't there be, like, a 10% down payment of, like, $16 million? Nah, here's 10000 this is all i had i'll get you the rest of the 16 million soon yeah no that's just the down payment we need to like 160 million that's like that's like almost just as bad as the senators just about like it's almost tied at this point we got a few weeks left here oh my god would you would you mind briefing the people on what eugene had to say this so so eugene milnick um he he goes in this tour, this media tour every year, where he he visits different cities and just kind of talks to people for whatever reason. I don't really I don't really get it, but he's done this the last couple of years. And uh, he had a couple hot takes, uh, as one might expect. 
um, one of which being criticizing Ian Mendez, uh, who is, of course, a uh, local reporter that covers uh, uh, the Ottawa Senators. Probably probably top five most respected Canadian media, media members. Yeah, like, maybe. By, by far one of the, one of the like best Ian in the Men- business. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Ian, like... Like who? Like like Fried, Okay, Elliot Friedman doesn't count because he's he's a, like a journalist. He's not so much a reporter. Yeah, but like, who's ahead of him? John Liu, hmm. maybe Mark Masters, maybe. Yeah, that's probably about it. So second most respected, Rashog, maybe. I I would say Mendez before Rashog. Yeah. I love me some some Rashog. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, he's been around a while. He knows what he's doing. He's exactly. very good at his job. Yeah. So. Like, and like, don't get me wrong, like, the media, they have their takes, and you're not always going to agree with them, and uh, you're, you're more than welcome to, uh, to criticize the media when, when you know, they, they say things that maybe you don't agree with. But to just flat out say that, like, to, to the slander that Eugene Melnick was using to, just, to describe the work that Ian Mendez has done, and, and I, I if, think... If you didn't hear... Uh, the term that Eugene Melnick used towards Men- uh, Mendez was uh, that Ian Mendez is Bush League. Yeah, kind of, kind of funny. Find, <laughs> find me. <laughs> like I love Bush League as much as the next guy. Don't Bush, get me wrong. Bush but, party. Yeah. Find, find me a reporter that would have done a better job with the circumstances and the storylines that came out of this. Fuck. This and, team. And, and that's the thing. Like, that, like you go and you mention like Ryan Rashog, and like. You know, Ryan Rashog has not exactly been buddy buddy with the Oilers organization exactly. this year because, like, Ryan Rashog does his fucking job and says it how it is. Yeah, and so does Ian Mendez. Like, he always has. Mendez even less so though. Like, Ian Mendez is really like respectful in the way he words things. But I mean, at this point, what's he supposed to say about this fucking yeah, team? Like, what what are you supposed to say? You're not going to make it any better at this point. It's it's it's, it's as bad as anyone could have imagined it getting. It's worse. And it's still going to get worse. Yeah. It's still about to get worse. Like, we're not even in the bad part of the Ottawa Senators yet. This is going to get so fucking bad. We're not even there yet. There, you know what? I, I, I can just see it now. The Sens are going to have, like, a little little hot streak at the end of the season. They're going to leapfrog the Kings. They're going to get it on the last. And they're still going to lose because the Avalanche are going to win the lottery with the second overall pick instead of the first overall you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, they're, it's yeah. going to happen that way. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, beyond that, Eugene Milnick went on to criticize uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs defense, a team that is uh, about, uh, what, 43 points ahead of them in the standings. Uh, the might be, might be 45 in a few minutes. Could be uh, the fourth or fifth best team in the NHL. Uh, look, we've covered the Leafs defensive woes uh this season a lot of other people have done it as well i don't know that eugene melnick is the guy to be doing that um as far as i'm concerned he's got some bigger mountains to climb some bigger battles to take on i mean and the amazing part to like to attack the maple leaves defense like for that to be your go-to is like the the thing that gets me is is their defense even bad though like, isn't their defense more or less like a player deployment issue at this point, and not so much like actual quality of the D? Because, like, yeah, their defense is bad because Justin Hall is like their fifth defenseman right now. But when like Gardner and Dermott yeah, when... are there, like their their top four defensemen 
are not bad. Like, they're probably in the top half of the league at this point. It's just, like, the four defensemen that are their best don't play the most. Or, like, when they do, they play with someone who's significantly worse than them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, to even, if, like, attack the Leafs' D, I don't even know if that's accurate. Yeah, I don't like, know. That's, like, where, that's, where I, that's where that gets me. Is like, I feel like that's, like, a, a somewhat uninformed fan opinion. And it's coming from a guy that actually owns a National Hockey League team. Like, Thomas Shabbat is going to be a fantastic defenseman in the NHL. And credit to the Ottawa Senators for having him. That is the only guy in that organization that I would want on my team that plays to their D, the, on their back end, right? Well, at the NHL level. Sure. Brandstrom. So, sure, but. yeah. Um, but when you look at it in the big picture, you're right. Like, the Leafs, their decor is good enough when it's healthy. Right now, they're having some troubles. The depth isn't maybe where they want it to be. And some other teams might have better depth. But... Once you get to the playoffs, and we've seen it from other teams in the past, you don't need depth on your back end to win the playoffs. You need one guy that can go out there and play 35 minutes a night. Well, and maybe you don't have that in Toronto. I don't know. But you don't need six, seven, eight guys every night, night in, night out for, for, the, for a month. Regardless, the point of this is that the Leafs have gone through a rebuild and come out the other side. The Senators went through a rebuild and came out the other side. And I think it's safe to say at this point, even if the Leafs lose in the first round this year, that they didn't kind they didn't fuck up their core as bad as the Sens did. Because yeah. the Sens had to, not like chose to, had to trade every single member of their core out of town because they fucked up the personal relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Kyle Turris may be the only exception, but that's not even true from what I hear. Yeah, I, like I, I hear there was some there was some turmoil there. I, I heard there's some turmoil, but I also look at that as being the Ottawa Senators sat down and thought Matt Duchesne was a better player than Kyle Turris the other day, and they took their shot and it didn't work out. I don't really criticize them for that for that move. Like I like Kyle Turris. I think he was a popular guy in Ottawa. But at the My end of the point day, is, I don't think the Leafs are going to have to parcel out these guys, though. No, probably because not. They, because of, like, it's not going to be the same situation as Ottawa. Yeah, when unless all you these really guys leave Toronto, up. it's either a managerial decision to try and improve the team, or they're at the end of the line and it's time to move on and rebuild. Yeah. Like, there's only two ways that that could end. The Senators found a third fucking option with their court. Yeah, you'd have to really screw up the, the Mitch Marner negotiations this summer somehow. On top of Eugene Melnick making these comments about the Leafs uh, rebuild and about Ian Mendez, uh, Eugene Melnick also went out and finally spent some money this week, uh, apparently on his new and elaborate and state-of-the-art uh, burner account department that he seemed to start this week because... Uh, Jake Maxwell, 47, 28, 36, uh, was, was spitting some knowledge there this week. Jake seems, Maxwell, thank you for coming to the podcast. Yeah, seems to really, I'd love to, I'd love to speak to Jake Maxwell. If anyone knows 
the guy that runs this Jake Maxwell fucking account, let him know we want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down and have a conversation with big, this big interview. with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would actually, I would love to talk to Eugene Melnick over the phone. It'd be a lot of fun. It would be like it. It, it, it was the most blatant burner account that clearly belonged to a member of the organization I've ever seen. They had the seventh man. This guy had the seventh man season ticket holder icon as his profile picture on Twitter. Like, if you're a season ticket holder of the Senators, and you want to put a picture of your season tickets on there, put a better fucking quality one than, like, half the actual logo. And it was just, like, the most awkward, transparent decision, man. Uh, and But it was nice to talk to you and Gene Melnick on Twitter. It was. It was I had a good time talking yeah. to him, so, yeah. whatever. Good. Good. I, I'm glad to see that the burner business is still alive and booming in Ottawa. It's glad to see something alive and booming in oh, Ottawa. Boy. John Cooper signed a multi-year extension. Let's get on to some happier news. Happy! Hooray! Happy! Is it happy? Um, it, I think it's happy. Uh, between you and me, I, I thought he kind of deserved a few shekels more than what the Lightning gave him. But I see. I didn't know that they released the terms of it yet. Okay. Five years, three and a half mil. Per year. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Because what's Babs making? Eight? Uh, six. Six. Six and a bit. Oh, I thought it was eight. It was an eight-year, $50 million extension that he signed. Huh. He's okay. still the highest paid by a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. No. By a lot. I thought it was eight, though. Like, Barry Trotz is, like, slightly above four, I think, in in New York. Okay, then maybe my ratioing is, yeah. is off by a bit. I mean, because you got to think, too. Florida... No taxes, buddy. You're not wrong. So John Cooper makes like fucking $4 million or something there. Yep. You know, I don't know. I think it's fine. I mean, I don't know. It's fine. He is the longest tenured coach in the league. I'm surprised it's five years, though. I like, you're telling me it's five years. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, uh, that's right. I, I'm pretty sure it was five years, what, what I read. But. I mean, the the good news is, and like, because I like John Cooper, but like I said, going into this year, I actually kind of thought his job was in jeopardy. Five years kind of shows you that it probably never was. Because I think, like, even after a year like this, do you sign a guy for five years when you're somewhat of a budget organization? Like, it's not like they're the Leafs and they can just throw money at guys. Like, they have money that like they have an they have a finite amount of money you know what i mean what's up i'm just trying to find the exact length of the oh, deal okay. you, you looked sad so i thought maybe you fucked it up and it was like a one year one million dollar extension he's getting tobias reader money um i don't know I, I think it's a good extension because i think what john cooper has done this year has been uh has been pretty impressive at this point, he would probably be my vote for the Jack Adams Trophy. Um, Th- three years, sorry. Three years. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, that makes a little more sense to me then. And the money's right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But good for him. I think uh, I, I like John Cooper definitely away from the game, too. I think he's uh, he seems like a really fascinating dude. There, There isn't really anyone like him in the NHL. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, I feel like when Ron Hainsey inevitably becomes an NHL coach that he's going to be kind of like a coop type and Ooh. just have like these these zingers every time you have like the press conference. He's going to have like a hilarious line when he walks up and sits down. Um, and John Cooper's very much like that. And I don't know. I, I like him. I think he, I yeah. he appeals to the media. He appeals to the players. Like there's nothing really not to like about him other than maybe sometimes his player deployment decisions. But yeah, I'm a big fan. They've won 
they've won 59 59 games or something this year so there you go there's not really much to complain about there yeah no, no more thoughts on Coop. Uh, I no, just... <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like pretty much everything you said. Uh, nail on the head. Uh, off the ice, fantastic. He's great with the media, the the, the one liners, everything like that. Uh, I've always liked him. Um, I can't I can't remember a time when I, I thought like John Cooper was a bad coach or didn't deserve to be where he is. And um, it's it's nice to see that we're not going to have another Barry Trot situation this summer where uh, you know we're will he won't he kind of stay and um a lot of talk about if the lightning didn't win the cup this year that maybe he he, he had a, a a tough time coming back uh for next season but i think uh, obviously the, the the extension puts any uh, rumors like that to bed and and uh no uh no 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 problems with controversies in in the coaching world anyway uh in Tampa Bay yeah it's overtime everybody take a drink uh, speaking of putting people to bed, uh, I think at this point Drew Doughty would really love to put that child Matthew Kachuk to bed, but uh, alas, he still remains with us. He, he does. Um, <laughs> for those of you who didn't see, uh, the Drew Doughty versus Matt Kachuk feud continued again this week. Um, Drew Doughty said that he has no respect for Matthew Kachuk. I'm paraphrasing, but... Uh, no respect for Matthew Kachuk, that Matthew Kachuk's the only player in the league that he doesn't respect, uh, that there are a lot of people who also don't respect Matthew Kachuk. He won't be friends with him off the ice kind of thing. Matthew Kachuk basically responded by saying that he doesn't give a fuck. I don't really, th- I like, I don't really know if there's a side to take unless you're like a Kings or Flames fan. I don't really think any of them are in the wrong. No. I think I get Drew Doughty's perspective a, a I get both their perspectives completely. I definitely don't disagree with what Drew Doughty's saying. Because Matthew Kachuk has done some things in this league that I question. Um, He seems to have gotten a lot better this year. And a lot smarter and not quite as dirty, I would say. Um, But he still plays with that edge. He's um, He's still a firecracker, for sure. Yeah. But... He seems to have settled into the role a little bit better, which, for now, anyway, I like. Um, because P.K. Subban was kind of that way when he came in the league, and people, like, really could didn't like P.K. at first. He settled in. He kind of earned his respect. Now he's a lot more tame. He still gets into these shouting matches and is still involved with all that kind of extracurricular stuff on the ice. But he's earned his respect, and I think Matthew Kachuk is on his way to be that type. Yeah. I still have some worries about him. But I also do like that agitator type and and I I kind of like that about Kachuk. Yeah, I've never had I wouldn't a say I love him, but he's growing game. on me. I've never no. disliked anything he's done really. No. See like that like it's all about perspective I think when you're talking about those guys. Like A ideally they're on your team, you'll like them a lot more. B if they're not on your team, hopefully they're not on a team that you hate. But like it's about perspective, man, because, like, I know so many people that hate Corey Perry, and I like Corey Perry, and I see, I just see his game a different way. Uh, you know, I hated Burroughs, but a lot of people loved Burroughs. Like, I love those types of players. Sean Avery is one of my favorite players of all time. Hmm. Not exactly one of the most beloved players in no, NHL history. Not really. Um, wouldn't even say I love him off the ice, but, uh, well, I definitely liked his perspective on New York Islanders. Regardless... Do, do you have a side in this? Do you have a horse in this race at all? 
I, I, I don't... I've, I've never loved Drew Doughty. I'll say that much. Like, mm, I should clarify, I'm a huge Drew Doughty fan, too. I guess that's worth noting. His, his play is great. I, I love what he does on the ice. I could use a little less of his off-ice takes. He's had some interesting interviews. Um, he's definitely a guy... I love the videos of him trash-talking on the internet, because I think he's a, he's a fun trash-talker, for sure. Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like, I love a guy that can chirp a guy and not swear. I, I, I think there's a lot. Yeah. I think there's I, a I, lot to be I said about that. Tra- tra- trash talk as much as the next guy, but when you are the second worst team in the league, eh, maybe keep your mouth shut. Well, I don't mean in interviews. I just mean on the ice. On the ice, exactly. Yeah, keep your mouth shut, baby. If you're the oh no, that's part of the game. 100%. I don't know. I don't know. How not? Be- because you kind of have to put up if you're going to open your mouth. True. So. I mean, when you're losing for nothing. Oh no! When yeah, when you're losing. Well, when you're losing the game, you shut up. But I mean, in the first three shifts of the first period, and you're trying to get under their skin, you got to do something. Yeah, right. Maybe I don't know. I, I see Drew Doughty as being a guy that can just do other things. To be quite honest with to... you, I don't really see any reason to have Brady Kachuk in the NHL right now, then, because like he's on the worst team in the league, and he, that's all he does, really. Yeah, I mean, like he, he is 18, so there's something to be said about. A twenty-eight-year-old veteran, maybe having a little bit more composure in the league. But well, I don't know if he does quite as quite as much chirping anymore. Okay, but that's fine. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm not on the ice with him. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I see him in interviews. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I just I've, I've seem to be disagreeing with more and more of what he says. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with his takes all the time in interviews either. But I I agree with what he's saying about Kachuk. To a, to an extent, anyway. There's some personal but, history there, which is yeah. fine. And that yeah, goes, no, well, that and that's it, that's so. mostly what it is. But I kind of like Kachuk's response to it. Like, just there's no point in engaging in the conversation. Yeah. Like, what is him saying? I also hate Drew Doughty. Really going to do for that? Yeah. Like the, the less Kachuk appears to give a fuck, the more like the more effective it's going to be to get underneath Doughty's skin in the long run. Sure. You know what I mean? Like th- that's just even more annoying if the other guy doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You're trying to piss him off and like. He goes in the interview and he's like, "Yeah, whatever, fuck him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, no, it's, that's a perfect response. It is. It is up to you. Oh my god. I know. Um. So what I was going to ask you in relation to the Doughty Kachuk feud is that we've seen some pretty good feuds over the years. Are there any feuds that you can think of, like player rivalries that that maybe like? What are some of the best ones that are your favorites of all time? Like, what which ones? Two spring to mind. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to go Domi Probert. Okay, uh, that was uh, a classic yeah. back and forth. Of yeah, just an absolute beast of a human being versus a, a guy that was what five eight versus Bob best. Probert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Um, and beyond that, uh, Sean Avery and Marty Berger. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one I was gonna say. Same I division. Mean, uh, created a rule. I didn't necessarily love either of these players, but Waronik was always a good one. Yeah, that like, was good. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily love either of them. If I had to pick a side, I guess maybe Ronick. But but Rawa got the got the laugh at the end. So I mean, you know, what does it really matter? Um, there there have been some decent ones. I mean, Shane Corson and Alexi Yashin was kind of like a funny one. Because Yashin tried not to engage because he knew it was not a good idea, but like Corson just took his lunch, man. Every single uh, time, like apparently Chris Neal and Gary Roberts 
Okay. We saw, we saw remember that, that outdoor game? They had that, or sorry, not, not, uh, not Chris Neal. Chris Draper. Uh, Chris Draper. Chris yeah. Draper, yeah. Remember that? Like, I, 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 did, I didn't even about know that. about that. And then they're on the ice in an alumni game chirping each other. Uh, like, Roberts, I'll take you right here right now. Like, I, I, I'm not signing up for that fight. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care how young I am. But uh, that apparently had some, some beef at one point. And what about John Scott and Phil Kessel? Hey. <laughs> Hey, that's a, you're talking about an all-star MVP right there and a Stanley Cup champion. Oh, God. See, like, the amazing part is you're talking... Oh, my God. Like, compare those two guys, okay? You're talking about the MVP of the all-star game and the guy who's, like, universally known as the first guy to get drafted last in the all-star team draft. So if you were to, like, tell a non-hockey fan the two part- bits of resume there, who do you think the better player is? It's not Phil. Probably not. No. No. Poor Phil. Great he's, guy. He's a cup champion, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There, there have been some great feuds. I look forward to more of this one. Um, because, ooh, I, I... Who... Who... Who did Osgood fight at center ice? Was it Wah? Or am I, was yeah. it not even Osgood? O- Osgood fought Wah. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. There have been some good goalie fights. There have been. Um, Emery fought... Holtby. Holpy? Yeah, he fought Holpy one year. Did Emery fight multiple times? Because like, I yeah, feel like he, he also fought, fought uh, Andrew Peters. Oh, that's who I say. I was yeah. thinking he fought Ryan Miller. But did Ryan Miller ever fight? Oh, yeah. Ryan Miller fought uh, Leafs goalie. Um, uh, Leafs goalie. Bernier. He fought Bernier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember there was a brief moment I liked Jonathan Bernier. Okay. Well, I guess that's pretty much the, the current events for the week. I, I will say this. I watched the Meg the other night. How'd you like that? It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. But I will say this, and uh, because I I love movie trailers, but I don't pay too much attention to movies before I watch them anymore. I try to just go in knowing as little as possible, and I think that helps my enjoyment, usually. And so, what I didn't know about the Meg, and I was pleasantly surprised, I did not know Rain Wilson was in that. Hmm. So, I loved Rain Wilson in the probably 18 minutes of the movie I did we, I did watch. Okay. Um, so, like, I'm used to Jason Statham movies, where it's, like, just a lot of fluff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of filler. Jason Statham with, like, a, a plot we've all seen before, sort of tweaked from his last movie. And then, you just, you deal with it, and it's kind of entertaining. That wasn't... That was one of his worst ones I've ever really, seen. Really? Yeah. That was not good. Because, like, you know me. Like, I'm not an action movie guy. But I, I'm a Jason Statham movie guy. Like, that's that's where I draw the line with action movies for the most part. Except for John Wick. John Wick doesn't count. Sure. That's just... Something else. That's just a masterpiece. Just different level. So, I turned off the Meg because John Wick 2 was on. And oh. I've never seen it. So, I watched that last night. Loved it. You John Wick guy? I've never seen the... Really? Yeah, no. Oh, you should. You really should. Should I? Eh? They they are pretty good. Like I I, yeah. I don't want to hype it up too much oh, for I, you. I'll get on it. I don't want to hype it up too much for you. We um, it's time for over unders. Because you did so well last time, it's time to revisit everyone's uh, favorite segment. And you know what? You know, for what it's worth, got a lot of positive feedback on that one. Oh, good. People seem to really like this. That's one. fantastic. So, yeah. I mean, what's funnier than? Than you being wrong a bunch of times. Yeah. 
Now, I will say this. I personally think this week is a little easier. Not by much. Okay. I just think I picked players where maybe it's not uh, not as obvious. John Tavares. What a signing. You guys, sure every, everyone will see this on TSN before they listen to the podcast. Every Fucking, team has now been in a shootout. Oh, yeah. I guess this is our first shootout. I was going to say, like, I haven't seen one of these in a while. Um, okay. If you're not familiar with the segment, I'm going to give James a statistic and a player and a number. And he's going to have to decide if it's over or under. So, for example, say I say the player's Sean Couturier and I want to know his career high in points. I'm, I'm going to say it's over or under 78. James is going to have to tell me if Sean Couturier got over or under 78 points in his, in his uh, career high season. So, we will start with career high points. The first player this week, Tom Pody, over or under 44 points in a season? Under. The correct answer is over. Tom Pody posted 48 points in 2002-2003 for, I believe, the New York Rangers. All right, PED test. Tom Tom Pody? Yeah. I like Tom Pody, but I, I don't remember that guy ever getting more than 15 points a year. No, oh no, he was he was consistent Jesus. 30s, but yeah. Uh, okay, you're 0 for 1. Number 2, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Nikolai Antropov. Over or under 63 points? Because I thought his career high was like 64, but... <laughs> uh... I'll go over. You are correct. Nice. 67 points with the Atlanta Thrashers in 2009. Feel it. 2010. The kid is back. You're one for two. The kid, yeah, here he is. And speaking, this will get you fired up. If you weren't already fired up, keep the momentum going here, James. Your last career high points. Stu Barnes. Stu! You know it. Over or under 60 points. Over. Stu Barnes had 65 points in 1997-98. God damn right he did. That was his only instance over 60 points, yeah, though. Whatever. I, yeah. I thought he had like an 80 you, point you, year. you were going to go over regardless. I could have been I, Stu Barnes 89 and be like, over. Yeah, over. Fuck him. He got 103 <laughs> points. 213. Over. Stuart Barnes. <laughs> All right, James. Your second category, career high in wins, wins. in a season. In a season. Okay. Career high wins in a season. In a season. Okay. Your first goaltender. Uh, you're two for three, by the way. Thank you. Your first goaltender, Trevor Kidd, over or under 25 wins? Mm, uh, I'm going over. The correct answer is under. Wow. 22 wins in 1994-95 with the Calgary Flames. Hmm. So you're two for four. All right. Second goalie, Mathieu Guerrand, over or under 26 wins? Is he the guy that played for the Oilers and the Habs and the Kings? Yeah. Yeah. Just a slew of bad teams. Uh, you said, sorry, 26? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to see it a 30-win year one year, so I'm, I'm, I'm going over. You are correct. Uh, Matthew Guerron won 31 games in 2005-2006 with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, he also won 26 games with the Oilers in 07 and 08, and also won 23 with the Lightning in 2011-2012. Huh. Yeah. Very done. Good yeah. for him. I uh, I thought Matthew Guerron had won like 50 games in his NHL career. Yeah, 
I don't remember him ever being like a starter. There you go. And he apparently was multiple times. Hmm. He was kind of like the patchwork goalie. You know what I mean? It was like, this guy can plug the net for a couple of years. Right. You know, kind of like Mike Smith in Calgary. Brian Boucher. kind of like, we'll bring him. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. You know? Your last goaltender. You're three for five, by the way. Okay. 80%. Martin Gerber. <sighs> Darth Gerber. Darth Gerber. Over or under 35 wins. Now, see, he was the starting goaltender for the first seed Carolina Hurricanes when they won the Stanley Cup. That he was. How many games did he start? And how many did he win, more importantly? <laughs> I'm going over. You are correct. Martin Gerber won 38 games in 2005-2006, same year that Matthew Guerron was a 30-game winner. Mm. You are four for six. Jimmy, look at you. There we go. Buckle it's, up. It's going to have to fall apart real fucking quick. Kid. And is hot there's no way better to test your actual streak this week by going back to everyone's favorite over or under category, career total games played. Jesus, this is the worst. Number one, Chris Dingman, over or under 505 games played. Jesus Christ, no, no, no. <laughs> Had to wait for games played in the second half, you know, get you to build up some confidence. Over. Chris Dingman only played 385 games in the National Hockey League. It is under good, sir. Stanley Cup champion twice. Twice, yeah. And only 385 games. Huh. So uh, you're, you're four for seven now. Number two, everyone's favorite Montreal Canadian defenseman, Francois Bouillon. Over or under 825 games? Over. That's what I would have said. But Francois Bouillon only played 776 games, sir. You're 4 for 8. You have a chance for redemption here with everyone's favorite pancake eater. Number 3 for games played, Dustin Penner. Over or under 525 games? Under. Dustin Penner played 589 games in the National Hockey League. So you got swept in the games played, Brown. You're four for nine. But uh, you do have an opportunity to, to get it back. You need to get two, two of three to tie here to get 50%. And I do have a tiebreaker if need be. All right. Okay? That's good. So I kind of I want to get to the tiebreaker okay. ideally. But okay. Career final. So career total. Goals against average. Jesus. Okay, this is this it's not super easy, but we'll see. Jocelyn Tebow, over or under a career final goals against average of two point six zero. See, he dropped off at the end. Like he was hot in the nineties. You got to but... remember, he played for the Blackhawks in the early two thousands, which was not was yeah. kind of a death sentence even in the dead puck era. I'm going under. Under two sixty. Yeah, Jocelyn Tebow's. Career final goals against average was 275. Jesus. It's the over. So you need to sweep the next two. Okay. Second goaltender is Roman Turek. Nice. Over Blues. or under 2.45. Under. Trying to read it in the reflection of my eyes. Yeah. Eh? Uh, that is correct. 231. Blues guy. Pretty good career for Roman Turek. <clears throat> so you need to get this right. And what better goaltender 
to leave it all on the line here for Marty Biron. Oh, God. Over or under 270 on his career. I'm going over strictly because he got lit up for nine goals in his last game. It is under, good sir. Jesus. 261 on his career. That is another non-pass. Five for 12 this week. Ugh. I think better than last week. Yeah, it was. Well, last time we did it. Do you want the tiebreaker anyway? Just for fun? We can't leave the folks way, uh, hanging here. So Career high in goals. Eric okay. Daze. Okay. Over or under 40. Sorry, Former, in a season? In a season. Oh, okay. Former Chicago Blackhawk. Eric Daze. Uh, he had 42 in a year. That's what I thought. <laughs> Eric Daze's career high was uh, 38. It's dust. It, it is. And I wanted to do, like, eventually if we could, like, a top 10 of careers cut short. Like, what could have been. Because hmm. I feel like there's a real big case for Eric Daze, potentially. I never think of him as being cut short. I just kind of always assumed he just faded off. But No, Eric Daze uh, was forced to retire... Uh, due to a back injury. Okay. And only played uh, 70, let me do the math here, 73 games, 70, 74 games in his final three years in the league. So make that make that next week's top 10. Okay. Top 10 careers top cut 10 short. Top 10 careers cut short. Write yeah. that down because I'm going to forget. All right, fair enough. Um, so uh, that, that's, that's almost it. Uh, in lieu of a top 10 this week, we thought we would do something a little bit different, a little bit cheeky. Greg Wyshynski tweeted out and, and exercised, a, 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 had a little bit of an activity on ESPN this week of um, a bracket of some of the best teams in recent memory, I guess since 2000, maybe? Something like that, yeah. Is what it is? Um, no. Yeah. But it's oh, more, yeah, okay, yeah. it's Stanley Cup Madness is what it's called, and he has seeded certain teams, and we will do a bracket of uh, of who we think the better team is, and we'll we'll do uh, at the end who we think, I guess the best team since we'll say two thousand playoff okay. team. Yeah, it is. Um, so there there's a one and sixteen seeding. So sixteen teams in this, and I guess James and I will will go through it and sort of say who's who's better. And we're you know we're having some beers, so it should get fun. Oh yeah. Um, so the the one seed against the sixteen seed. Uh, is the Detroit Red Wings from 2002 are the one seed, and the Carolina Hurricanes from 06 are the 16 seed. Uh, now, everyone loves a good 16 over 1 upset, you know, the one time we saw one. Um, but I don't think this is one. I mean, like, there's there's something to be said for the 06 Hurricanes. They're, they're a great there... team. Don't get me wrong. Well, they're, they're a good team. Yeah. You know, Eric Stahl in his, in his prime... Prime. Ironically, his rookie season. Um, Cam Warden, his prime. Ironically, his rookie season. But, let's, you know... Let's let's put this this way. The, the 0-2 Red Wings are a number one seed in this for a reason. I, I have a real easy way of, of clarifying this, okay? Um, the 0-2 Red Wings won the cup over the uh, 0-2 Hurricanes. And the 0-2 Hurricanes were a better team than the 0-6 Hurricanes. Uh, uh, no Ronnie Francis, no 6 no Arter Zerbe in 06. No Jeff O'Neill in 06. So, oh yeah, the O Dog. When you're leading Everyone defense, Everyone loves the O Dog. When when your highest scoring defenseman is Francis Caberlet, just pack up, go home, be be happy to be part of the dance. Yeah. So, 
that's how I I feel with the 06 Hurricanes. So we're going the 02 Detroit Red Wings how that have uh, how many fucking Hall of Famers on it? Thirteen. Is that how many? Do you know that as I, a fact? I think they are tied for the most, and if like a Datsuk or Zetterberg gets in, then they'll have the highest per team Hall of Fame rate. You got to think too, like. There's even guys that are not going to get in on that team that were amazing. Like, fucking Steve Duchesne was on that team. Yeah. Like, they've had a lot of good players on that roster. But we'll get to that later uh, because it is a clear win for the one seed, the Detroit yeah. 2 team. Uh, so they will play the winner of the 8-9 seed, which is uh, the Washington Capitals of last year. The, so 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Your defending Stanley Cup champions. Against the uh, 2014 Los Angeles Kings. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good matchup. It's a tough one. The, uh, really good teams to have like 8-9. Yeah. Because I think there's an argument here. Wished it as uh, homework. I would say the Kings. Okay. Um, for the simple fact of... I mean, like, you could argue which team would beat which team, I guess. Adjusting for era. Like, which team was just better. Um, or you could argue what was more impressive. And I would argue the Los Angeles Kings, just because of their goaltender, take it for me. It, it, it's close, I'll, I'll say that. Like we're, we're oh, talking, it's close. We're talking about Justin this Williams. This could go either way. Versus Justin Williams here. <laughs> so Are we? Was he not there last year? No, he wasn't. He was on He was on Carolina. Oh, okay. Then... Yeah. Then I'm I'm forced to side with Justin Williams. In all playoff <laughs> yes! in all playoff disputes, yes! I have to, to side with Justin Williams. There it is, Mr. Game Seven. Uh this is Con Smythe winning Justin Williams too. How that dare too. you? Yeah. Uh that was his Con Smythe season. Yeah, I mean like I, I like this team. I mean the one thing that people tend to overlook is like this is before Mike Richards really, really fell off a cliff. Like this was his last like kind of was productive yeah. solid season. Uh, this is before Slava Voinov did some things and got expelled from, uh, North America for yeah. a little while. This yeah. is before Jared Stoll had a bad weekend in Vegas. You know, this is when Willie Mitchell was still like a, a, a productive member in the National Hockey League. And this was a time when the Kings arguably had the four, best fourth line in the league. So, uh, I think we're both voting for the 2014 Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, I think so. So we'll get to the the Wings versus the Kings first, but we'll get through the rest of the bracket. The 2011 Boston Bruins are the five seed uh, against the 12 seed 2007 Anaheim Ducks. Brutes. I think there's room for an upset here, James. I'm taking the upset. I, I, look, listen, all, all respect to the 2011 Boston Bruins, and, like, you don't hear me say respect to the Boston Bruins very often, but, like, this is a team... That included... Oh, I pulled up the wrong year. Uh, this is a team that included one of my favorite players of all time, which is Mark Savard. Um, this is a team that included a healthy Nathan Horton. But this is also a team that was led by Milan Lucic in points, being the only guy to get over 30 goals in a season, which was 30 on yep. the dot. Um, you know, Tuka Rask and Tim Thomas were great in net. And I think there's something to be said for that. But ultimately, I, I I don't think that this team was more impressive than what the Ducks did in their particular year. Like, I, yeah. I think the Ducks were just the more impressive team. You're talking Salani. You're talking Niedemeyer. 
You're talking Pranga. <laughs> You're talking Jiggy. Dog. Yeah. They got that Andy McDonald. Oof. Clutch. They got that Chris Pranga. Getzlaff. They got Perry. that Francois Bu- Bucher. Bucher. They got that Chris Cunnitz. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like what I saw here. Like, this is a year two. Like, Samuel Paulson was like 11th on the team in points. He was a nominee for the Selkie Trophy. That's wild. Like he only had 26 points. And, like, you, it's basically a requirement you have to have 50 points to get a Selkie nomination yeah, nowadays. True, and true. Sammy Paulson almost won best defensive forward in the league that year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I take the Ducks in this scenario. Yeah, me too. Okay, yeah. so we got the Ducks there. There you go. Uh, the 08 Detroit Red Wings against the 03 New Jersey Devils. I'm feeling uh, another back-to-back upset here. I, oh, I'm, yeah? I'm a Devils guy in this oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think maybe this is uh, this is a bit more of a discussion. Okay. I, I like the 08 Red Wings, I think. I don't know. I haven't actually looked at the roster yet. <laughs> uh, 70 points from Nicholas Lidstrom. Like, it's it's hard for me to argue against that at age of 37. Like, any team with Nicholas Lidstrom, I think it's kind of hard to argue against for me. That's fine. Um... Well, let's hear your case if you have one. Well, this is this is peak. well, you do have one. This but. is peak Marty Berger, and he's playing behind the last installment. How dare you, sir? This is also peak Dominic Hasek with the nine oh two save percentage at the age of forty four, <laughs> forty nine or something. He he was he was older then than he is now. Let's put it this way: the backup goaltender for that 08 Red Wings team was older than Marty Berger was in 03. Now, I have to tell you. You are picking against your fantasy hockey team name namesake, Dallas Drake here. That's fine. Okay. He'll appear later. <laughs> okay. Um well, well well so your case is Marty? Marty and then you've got the last installment the last the last hurrah of the of the Stevens on defense, uh uh Scott's on defense, sorry, Stevens mm. and Niedermeyer. So you know what's tough about this matchup? Is earlier you thought we were going Williams versus Williams, right? Yeah. In this particular matchup, we are 100% going Rafalski versus yeah. Rafalski. And I'm not going to lie, kind of prefer 33-year-old Brian Rafalski. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Should we flip a coin or something? <laughs> I, I would love to I would love to side with you. We're going to flip a bottle cap. All right. So, uh, Let's do it. So uh, fat part down is what I'll take, I guess. Fat bottom girls. Fat bottom down. All right, it is the uh, 03 New Jersey Devils Beauty. with the upset there. All right. Okay, the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks against the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. we got a 2 versus 15 seed here. Uh, I will pick the 2 seed. <laughs> I don't get why the 10s are the 2 seed. Because, no? like, in my opinion, aren't the 13s just the more veteran, polished version of that 10 team? Like, Kane was a little older, a little wiser. Taves was a little older, a little wiser. It wasn't anti-Niemi in net. It was Corey Crawford, but it wasn't anti-Niemi in net at the end of the day. You still got Keith. You still got Seabrook. You got Sharp still. You got Hosa. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I like the I like the 13s a little better than the 10s. I like the 10s. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. You got... Younger versions of a lot of these players. You have Chris versus Steve. Yeah, that's, that's my argument, though. In that's, his that's prime. Problem. You got Andrew Ladd. You got Brian Campbell. You got Dustin Bufflin. You got John Madden. Like, you don't have these guys in a few years. 
I think there's something to be said about that. The goaltending, I think, is a wash. Like, I don't think Niemi's very come good. On. I Come on. You think, you think Crawford's a, a better goalie than Niemi was in 2010? Niemi is not an NHL goaltender, and there's an argument to me that he never Crawford was. I don't think Crawford is either, but... <laughs> okay. I think Niemi's had a more impressive career than Crawford. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. No? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm taking the 10s. All right. Are you taking the 13s, then? Yeah, I am. You're taking the 15 seed. Yeah, because I don't agree with them, the 10s being a 2 seed. This is an arbitrary ranking. <laughs> I don't see how they got second seed. How dare you. There was a lot of thought put into this. My God. All right, let's flip the bottle cap. <laughs> Fat bottom end, I, I win, which worked last time, you know. Uh, Our bear's back. Oh, you're going to take me home tonight. How does that keep happening? All right. This was a terrible idea. The 13, uh, 2013 Chicago Blackhawks with an upset here. Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know. All right, whatever. Um, the 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins against the 2012 Los Angeles Kings. That's a tough one. Is it? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the Kings' first cup. It's, that was a dominant Crosby team. Kessel's first cup. Now Murray's first cut. I'm not. I'm. I'm asking this sort of because this is my point, but I am genuinely sort of asking this question: Is there a team on this list that was better in the playoffs than the 2012 Kings? The Kings won in like what? I had 20 games, 19 games. They only lost like four games that year. Two of them were in the finals. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I do love me some Sidney Crosby. Well, I don't love Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I love old Crosby now, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at this 2016 uh, Penguins team, too. And not it's, great, eh? scares the living hell out of me. Two, two years. This team's not going to age well. We're going to mm. look back on that in 20 years and be like, what the hell happened that year? Gino. I'll, I'll, I'll take Kings. Gino Malkin. I'll take Kings on this one. Gino, you know. Yins no. Mm. Yins no, Malcolm Stern's a drink. You knew that. The 2009... All right, so yeah, we're taking the 2012 LA Kings. Yeah. A lot of upsets. The four or five... No, five for six on upsets here so far. Beauty. Good stuff. The 2009 Penguins against the... Oh, four Lightning. It's the Penguins. (laughs) The Penguins buy a lot. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, like... uh, I love the high-end... Of Tampa's 04 roster, I would say the 09 Penguins were just as good with like a ton more depth. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna argue with it because it, it's it's literally like that that that's your team. This was Evgeny Malkin with like 40 fucking points in like 20 playoff games too. Like this was the 09. The 0, I'm not gonna lie. I think the 09 Penguins have a real shot in this Stanley Cup Madness. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then the uh, the six seed against the 11 seed, the 15 Chicago Blackhawks. Against the 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins. Blackhawks. Alright. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. Okay. So, uh, we'll go back to the top of the bracket here. The 2002 Detroit Red Wings against the 2014 LA Kings. One versus nine seed. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going Stevie Y on yeah, this Yeah, Red one. Wings. Okay. Yeah. Um, the... Ooh, we got a 12 versus a 13 seed here. The 2007... Anaheim Mighty Ducks against the 2003 New Jersey Devils. This is tough. Uh, we're talking Niedermeyer versus Niedermeyer here. Um, 
you're talking about the Devils that beat the Ducks in 03. So, a little bit of a rematch of sorts. Yes, James. <laughs> yes. I like the Ducks here. You like the Ducks here? I do. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look up the 2003 Devils really quick. But I, I, I think, why do you like the Ducks? Um, just, just their depth on paper. Like I, I go back to that Devils team, and it's Brodeur for sure at his peak. You're talking about Stevens on his last legs, Niedermeyer. He's in, probably in his peak still. That's about it, though. Like you look at the the Ducks lineup, you got. An aging Timo Solani, whatever. But you've got a young Getzlav. You got a young Perry. Mm. You've got Niedermeyer, which is kind of a wash. You've got Pronger. You've got Jaguar. Uh It's just, a, I think, a little bit more of a complete team from top to bottom than than the Devils were. Uh, at the end of the day, I think the goaltending was better for the Devils. I mean, Bruder beat Jaguar in that finals in 03, and you could make the argument that Jaguar in 03 was better than Jaguar in 07. So. I don't know. It, it, it's close, but I, I think I think I like the Ducks here. Yeah, I'll go with the Ducks. Uh, for the simple fact that while you were jabbering on, I realized that the um, the Devils had Turner Stevenson on their roster, which uh, does not bode well for them. So mm, there you go. Uh, yeah, we'll go with the uh, the 2012 Anaheim Ducks here. 2007 for sure, but yeah, yeah, 12 seed. Sorry, that's what I was looking at. Um, we got the 15 seed Chicago Blackhawks. From 2013 against the 2012 LA Kings. Uh, probably the Kings. Yeah, I mean, I was not down for the 2013 <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks at all. So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see it. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. They won the Stanley Cup. They deserve to win the Stanley Cup. But, um, yeah, I think the superior team here is still the LA Kings. Yeah, I, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um,. And then we've got the 2009 Pittsburgh Penguins against the 2015 Chicago Blackhawks. A three versus six seed. The best matchup. This is a high-end matchup here. High-octane. Pens. Yeah. Yeah. There will be no Chicago this year. No. Despite having three entries in the tournament. No. Yeah. Chicago Loyola Place is going home early. Wow. Cold-blooded. That was two zingers in one right there. Thank you. So what are we left with? We got we got down to our final four. I'm gonna need this roster to make some points in a bit. <laughs> ah. Okay, uh, so we got the, the our final four. We got the one seed Detroit Red Wings 2002 against the 12 seed 2007 darling Anaheim Ducks. Uh, you know what? It's it's been a it's been a fantastic Cinderella run, but I think it's midnight. Uh, I'm going to Red Wings. Yeah, on this du- one. Duke. Duke is definitely going yeah. to beat Loyola Place yeah. on this one. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the 2002 Detroit Red Wings advanced to the final in our Stanley Cup Madness bracket. On the other end, your final four matchup: the 10 seed 2012 LA Kings against your three seed 2009 Pittsburgh Penguins. Two of the greatest playoff runs. In modern hockey history, not yeah. not just teams yeah. runs. Yeah, I'm I'm going Kings on this one. Really? Yeah. See, the problem is, is like I I remember this Penguins team being so goddamn dominant, and like not maybe not statistically, but like maybe arguably 
the best Sidney Crosby ever was, was like at this point, maybe, I would say. Maybe, yeah. Um, but this for sure was the best I think Evgeny Malkin ever was. Like, he's always been good, but I don't know if, I don't know. I can't remember the last time he was this good. You're, you're going Kings? I think so, yeah. Hmm. They had the better postseason. I think they've got the edge in goaltending. They've probably got the edge in defense. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, you sort... Th- oh, my God. Come <laughs> on. Get out of here. Like... <laughs> how, like... Control um, your bear. Uh, guys, I, I gotta say, I'm a, a big fan of the uh, the Penguins this year. Uh, 09. Oh, my it's, God. Uh, that's my birth year, like you know. That, so, your, your, uh, dog, your dog couldn't have been any closer to the microphone unless he was, unless it was in his mouth. Yeah. No. Apologies. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the depth, the depth on this Penguins team was just nuts. Versus like, the depth in the nuts. Kings, I would argue Carter, Richards, Kopitar, Brown. You got Malkin, Cros. In order of playoff points, Malkin, Crosby, Garen, Kunitz. Gonchar, Fedotenko, uh, Maxime Talbot back when he was good, Latang, Kennedy, Stahl, Mark Eaton, Chatan, <laughs> Philippe Boucher was on this team. Apparently it was over for Peter Sikora at that point. He only got one point in seven games in the playoffs after a 25-goal season. I don't know. It's you, tough. You, I mean, I, we're talking about Dustin Brown, Kopitar, Dowdy, Richards, Williams, Carter, Pancakes, Penner, Martinez, Voinov, Willie Mitchell. All right, I'm take I'm taking the small end Simon of the bottle Gagne. cap this time now. How about that, small end of the bottle cap. <laughs> Fuck off! All right, 2012 LA Kings, which I called the year it happened, so I'm okay with that. That's fair. Cool, yeah. I uh, I won my playoff pool that year. Yeah. It was like a $500 or something. Okay. So you're down to your final matchup. The 2002 Detroit Red Wings, number one seed, as James wrestles with his bear, uh, against the 10 seed Los Angeles Kings. They're the one seed for a reason, uh, Brutes, and uh, I gotta stick with the Red Wings on this one. You. Yeah, I'm so sorry. How dare you? Yeah, I, I, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great way to end the episode. Yeah, like, I, I would probably go the 2001-2002 Red Wings. You got uh, Brendan Shanahan, Sergey Fedorov, Brett Hall. Could you please? We're trying to discuss the Red Wings here. Fedorov, Hall, <laughs> Lidstrom, Luke Robitaille. Steve Eiserman had 48 points in 52 games and then 23 points in 23 playoff games. Igor Larionov, Chris Chalios, Pavel Datsuk, Chris Draper, Thomas Holmstrom, uh, probably the best player in the world, Boyd Devereaux, Kirk Maltby, Matthew Dandino, Steve Duchesne, Darren McCarty, Sean Avery, Maxime Kuznetsov, Uwe, Uwe Krupp, yeah. Yuri Schleger, and then they had Hasek and Legacy. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty yeah. dominant team as far yeah. as I'm concerned. No, yeah, we'll go. Uh, we'll go. The O2 Red Wings win Stanley Cup Madness as the greatest playoff team since 2000. I guess I think that was the parameters of it. Yeah, yeah. I guess of the last 25 playoffs, maybe was that? maybe 26 playoffs. I don't know. 
Of the 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for this week. I guess that's it. That's it for Laced Up. Thank you for joining us. James finally uh, almost conquered over-unders. Yep. Um, did Getting pretty well in the bracket. Every, every week I'll be better. And, yeah. You know. Some stuff happened this week, and yeah. we discussed it, and there we go. We're Hol- out early this week. Holidays are over for Brutes, so, you know, he's... Yeah, you know, I was, I was a lot more engaged this week than I thought it was going to yeah, be. I thought fair. it was still going to be checked out. Um, you know what it is, is we're lucky we record on Wednesdays, because I've had three days to get back into hockey since March Madness nice, stopped. Nice, So... Mind you, the show... Uh, well, but but I actually read Twitter this week, is what oh, I'm okay. saying. Like, I actually know some things that there happened. Here are some things. Let's see what they know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess I was involved. Maybe we'll, we'll see next week. I don't know what to say. Um, we, we might be out on Thursday of next week as well. Uh, we'll see what happens here. It just kind of depends me, when me and the old boy here can get together and, mm-hmm. and sort of do this thing. Yeah. But lately we've been, uh, we've been getting it done early on Wednesdays. We've got her nice and ready come Thursday morning. And then we don't release it till Friday. And like, what's the point? You guys should be able to hear our, our beautiful voices a day early if, uh, if we, we get it done. Yeah. So not? yeah. Why not? And if well, you don't like we'll be... that, you can email Airedale. Oh, you know what we didn't do yet? Thunder Bay Blues Fest. Oh, What'd yeah. you think? Yeah. You got uh, Friday night, you got your... Fuck, I gotta pull it up, I guess. Tom Cochran with Red Rider is opening up for Johnny Reed. Thoughts on Friday night? Big Tom Cochran fan. <laughs> Probably not staying for Johnny Reed. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm debating, like, should we should we volunteer the Friday night maybe this year? Uh, it's a tough call because I love Tom Cochran. Yeah, me too. It's really, like I, I'd rather just like watch Tom Cochran than hit the bars. I don't like I. I don't want to miss much of Saturday or Sunday. Is my thought. You know. Yeah, but like if if you if you're all, like what, what's the earliest? Well, you you guys you guys tell us. So uh, Saturday we got uh, the Trues, Megan Patrick, Amanda Marshall, and then uh, Brian Adams. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of three of the four. I don't really care for Megan Patrick, That's but fair. she's fine. Um, and then Sunday you got your 5440, your Jan Arden, and your Burton Cummings. See, I could give a shit about Jan Arden. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care, but I want to see 5440 is the thing. Yeah. You know? It's tough. I would love like a good 12 to 5 like last year, you know? Yeah, that was good. that'd be perfect. That was Sunday. good. Those were good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll just do daytime, Saturday, Sunday. It'd be nice and hungover Saturday. Nice. Nice and hungover Sunday. Big you fan. Big fan. I, I love the the classic. Just uh, just see it, sit our our foldable chairs down in the middle of the field at twelve Come o'clock back five on. Hours later. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll just then we got seats. Yeah, I'm doing that again. I, I don't see yeah. why you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't I guess know. We'll see. I, I Johnny Reed's fine. I have no interest. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'll stick around. I'll probably get I'll probably get pretty drunk Friday night. I'm not gonna lie. I think we all will. <laughs> I have a feeling. That's like, uh, I don't I don't really get, I don't know. I'll be sneaking like a sunset, I'll tell you that much. There's no real perfect night for Johnny Reed, because like, Friday night's the night traditionally that gets everyone fired up for the weekend. Yeah, Johnny Reed like, should probably just not play. Fired up, man. Like, yeah. you, you get everyone fired the fuck up on Friday night. Collective soul one year. True. You know what I mean? Colin James one year. Like, you know what I mean? You get the people going. Who was last year? Friday night last year was uh, Melissa Atheridge. Okay. I, I got too drunk to enjoy Melissa Atheridge. I'm not going to beat around the bush on that okay, one. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. I think the highs are good. The lows are really low, though. That's that's all. That's how I see it. Looks like there's a hip cover band this year. Hmm? Looks like there's a hip cover band. Yeah, the hip show. Um, yeah, my, my mom knows someone in that band, actually, oh, yeah? apparently. Apparently, they're pretty good. Oh, nice. Um, oh, shit. You know what I didn't even notice on Saturday? The opening band at noon. The Chain. The Fleetwood Mac uh, ladies cover band there. Is that how that is? Yeah. I didn't know that that's what their name was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure it's what they called themselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, See, so I, I haven't heard from, like, my, my bass player plays in that band. Because they're essentially, they were essentially the Angies. Yeah. Maybe it is there, a different there's band. There's a couple guys in that. Oh, in maybe that it band. is a different group then. Maybe. That's, oh, yeah, no, Joy, there, was, there was guys. Joy no, I'm Miller, thinking different. Yeah. I, fuck, you know who should play is the Angies. Yeah. Who's who's that who's that band on the on the on the Friday the the funk? Uh St. Paul and the Minneapolis Funk All-Stars. Yeah. I don't know a thing about them. I'm pretty down though. That sounds funk. They sound they sound like they might be the um the uh what is it? The hidden gem of the weekend. Could be. Perhaps. Kind of like the Magpie Salute, you know what I mean? Or the like, Blues Brothers last year. Apparently those guys were like a huge hit. We didn't oh, see them. We yeah, were working, yeah, yeah. We but were they working. were a hit apparently. Everyone I talked to. Yeah, shit. Loved them. Yeah. But well, we'll be there either way. It's hard to be a hit there with bells on. It's hard to be a hit unless you play bef- like after nine o'clock. No, it's actually easy to be a hit because everyone's drunk, so no, no one gives a shit. Yeah, no one got drunk enough the Friday night last year. I found it, except for me. Uh, I got really, really annoyed that people weren't like getting loud enough for big wrecks. So then I got completely obliterated, mm-hmm. and and then I woke up Saturday yeah, morning. I get you. Well, whatever. We'll see you guys at the Blues Fest if everyone's uh, down, and uh, yeah. Okay. I should have a piece out on Puck 77 oh, nice. this week. I got a, uh, a playoff preview for the Winnipeg Jets. It'll probably queue up uh, maybe closer to the playoff time. I also uh, have some things to say about the way they've been playing lately. So I see. Yeah, well, they're actually, they actually look good. I got a piece uh, in mind. I haven't finished it yet, but it's going to be about uh, who the Blues should want to play in the first round of the playoffs. And just kind of break down the possible nice. opponents. So nice. I hope uh, we each write an article where it's like, yeah, uh, we should want to play the Blues. The Blues suck, and you're just like, ah, oh, the Jets aren't that good. Yeah, they've been And we're just like writing against each other. I'm yeah. down. Oh boy, that'd be hilarious if yeah. our teams play each other in the first round. Take a. It would take a bit, but yeah. we'll have to definitely talk about that on the podcast if and, if and when it happens. Yeah. Okay, a live fight. A li- <laughs> fight to the death, battle royale. There you go. That's the only way to go. All right. Okay. See you later. Well, about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. I like your hat.
Don't have to 